If you have your Bible, open it to the books of Romans. Romans chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 8 and go through verse 14. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and they'll bring one to you. We're going to go ahead and start reading and you'll be able to catch up with us later. Romans 6 verse 8, it says, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would Give us insight and understanding to these passages that we are looking at this morning. Father, you have said that your words are spirit and they are life, that they are profitable for reproving us, for rebuking us. Father, for accomplishing a work in us. And that is what we ask this morning, that you would instill within us, Father, the things that will be helpful for us to live this life that represents you. Give me wisdom and clarity, I pray, and we ask that you'd be honored in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. First five chapters in the book of Romans. Paul has been talking about the penalty of sin or justification. In the next three chapters, chapters 6, 7, and 8, he's going to be talking about the power over sin or, or what we might call sanctification. Justification is what God has done so that we could be right in his eyes. You can think of it as just as if you had not sinned. But sanctification is setting apart. And, and so we need to look at this as, okay, God has done a work. He has forgiven us. Jesus has died for our sin, has paid the price. We believe in that by faith, but the work is not done within us. It is continuing in us until we die or the Lord comes for us. That process from that moment to this moment is what we call sanctification. It is God working to, to set us apart for his service, for his purpose, that our lives would represent him. And in these verses, Paul gives us some insight into how that work takes place. How do you see yourself? Have you ever looked at a, a video or someone shows, oh, I got some pictures from, you know, so-and-so's birthday, and there you are in the pictures. 
and you see yourself, and, and does it ever surprise you and you think, oh my gosh, I need to lose some weight. Um, you know, you, you, you think, oh, I, I'm, man, I'm really gray, or I'm, you know, who am I talking about here? Anyway, you see yourself and, and it's a little different than maybe what you thought yourself. Sorry about this. Anyway, it, it, you see yourself and it's like, oh, I, I didn't realize I looked like that. And maybe, you know, you think you look really good or something, but, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you just say, man, is that really how that looks? Is that really what it is? Well, how do you see yourself spiritually? And the question that we really need to ask is, how does God see you? Because that's what Paul is trying to get at here as he talks to us and he tells us that if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. We need to start off with the now if. Because if is one of those words that means something has had to happen before this can take place. If this has happened, then the rest of this can take place. And so this if is a big word. Now, if you count yourself as or believe that you have died with Christ, then you will also live with him. If you believe that you have died with Christ, then these things follow. That is dealing back with that justification. If you believe that Jesus died for you and by faith, you believe that was something that you identify with, that that death that he died represented a death that needed to take place in your life of your sin, of your separation from God, of living a life on your own apart from God. And you say, no, he died, I died with him, and he rose again that I might also be identified and live with God. If that has happened, then the other things can start taking place. What other things? Well, this is how God sees. He says, we believe that we will also live with him. And it's important for us to see what God sees in us and how God sees us because a lot of times we don't have a clear picture. We don't understand things because we are still subject to our frailty. We still deal with our emotions. And there's a lot of things that are there to remind us of who we are and forget what God has done and the process that is taking place within us. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, he says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. There was the death, and now he's made us alive in Christ. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And so Paul is saying that you are positionally seated in heaven. Seated is actually past tense. God sees you already by his side up in heaven. Now, sitting down is a place of royalty. It is those who are in positions of Authority that are able to have a seat. The others have to stand or kneel. And so you are seated 
in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's where God sees you. We talked about in Romans how he says those who he knew, foreknew, he justified. Those who he justified, he, pre- he predestined. Those who he predestined, he justified. Those who he justified, he glorified. Sorry, I got those a little mixed up. But the idea here is he has known you and he sees you as glorified. In other words, he knows what you did and he's taken what you have done by putting faith in him and he sees the end product. A lot of times we don't. A lot of times we struggle in that aspect. I don't see the end product. It also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Now that should make you stop and think that we are Christ's ambassadors. We represent Jesus. As if God were making appeal through us. In other words, as if God was using us to get the message across. Do you see yourself as an ambassador of Christ? Do you see yourself as God getting his message through you? You know, on the front of our bulletin thing that we have, it has a statement. Embolden one another to begin changing the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. That has to do with seeing yourself as God sees you, taking the role that God is giving to us and living that. It's no longer, well, I I can't live that. I'm not worthy. Well, you never were worthy. That's why the justification took place. But it's time to start living the life that God has now given to you. He goes on and he says, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin which is Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's what God has done. We have been made the righteousness of God. Now, I've got to tell you, when I hear that, something in my side of me says, oh, you don't know me. Or maybe it says, God, you don't know them. How can they be the righteousness of God? How can you see me when I have this bent and I have this weakness and I have these frailties and I I think the wrong things and I lose my temper and I give in to things I shouldn't and I say things I shouldn't and I don't do things I should. How can I be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Well, you're not done yet. You're a work in progress. One of the things I know how to make as far as food is omelets. In fact, I'll go as far to say about the only thing I know how to make is omelets. I took a home mech class when I was in ninth grade, and they taught me how to make omelets. They probably taught me other things. For some reason, those didn't stick, but the omelets did. I thought, if I'm going to survive this life, I've got to learn one food, and it's going to be omelets. And so that was it. 
I mean, I can barbecue a burger too, so I'm not that pathetic. But anyway, when you get that egg and you scramble it up and you pour it in the pan, it doesn't look anything like an omelet. It looks like soup, yellow, gooey soup. And you think, I don't want to eat this. Look at this. I can't eat that. It's just yellow, gooey junk. But then as it starts cooking and, and you, you know, you start covering the sides and letting the rest of the yolk, that's how you make omelets, and, and you know, so that it kind of slips into the rest of the pan so it's not all goopy on top. And then you put your cheese and you put your peppers or your mushrooms or ham or, you know, anyway, you fill in the blanks, the things you put in. Then all of a sudden the egg starts to solidify and the cheese starts to melt in there and whatever else you've got in there and then you kind of slide it so it doesn't get burnt and then finally when you flip it onto that plate and it's got that nice little brown and it's golden brown and now it's like it looks appetizing. Now I can eat it. Well, at the beginning it didn't look at all good but it was still an omelet. That's what I was making. I knew it was going to be an omelet. Maybe the kids didn't, but I did. God knows what you are going to be. You're still cooking. You're still in the fire. You're still working in the process. We talked about that last week, how we can rejoice in sufferings because God is bringing about perseverance, character, and hope within our lives. And so the sanctification place or is taking place within ourselves. And one of the important things to realize about this sanctification process is that God has done his part, and he is doing his part, but we also have to do our part. And so he says, count yourselves. Sanctification, it means to, to set yourself apart. In Galatians 2, 19 and 20, it says, For through the law I died, which is just what Paul talked about. I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul has told us that the righteous will live by faith. Or you can reverse that. Those who have faith in God will be considered righteous. And so my life no longer belongs to me. I have been identified with Jesus, crucified with Christ. If then you have died with Christ, I no longer live for myself. But Christ lives in me, and the life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God. There's a work taking place within my life. I have identified with Jesus, and now I'm allowing God to do this work in me so that my life now is to be in line with what God is doing. I have my part to play. It says also in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 
That is our responsibility. God has done his part. He has bought us with the price. Now we are not our own. Our lives have a purpose that is bigger than ourselves. It's identified with God. Therefore, honor him with your body. You can live your life for yourself. You can have your story and live however many years you live. You might live to be a hundred. Who knows? But it is just a drop in time. If you were to look at a book of life, it wouldn't even be a period. That span of life and the story you leave, it might last 20 years, 50 years, if you're an incredibly gifted person, maybe centuries. Or you can live your life with God and be a part of his story that goes on forever. What do you want to do? I want to be the star of my story. I want to have my name in lights. I, I want to, It's about Sam. Everyone will cheer. Woo! Well, maybe not, but. And then it'll be over. And the meaning, the purpose, well, it ended when I did. Or I can connect my life to the story that God is working. And now I'm a part of something that is eternal, that doesn't end. A story that's much bigger than me. But I have to choose to do that. I have to give that of myself. It's interesting because in these last passages, we see over and over again our responsibility. It says in verse 12, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal, in your body, mortal body. So, A, it's evil desires. It says in verse 13, Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. You see, these are things we have to do or have to keep from doing. We have to not let sin reign in our bodies. We have to not offer our bodies to sin or as instruments. We do have to offer them as instruments of righteousness. We do have to offer them to God. That, that's your and my role. Thursday night, I gave this as an illustration. You know, it's a great thing to, to live here in Upland. Once a week, they come and get my trash. They do it every week. They come to my house and they will take my trash away. It's glorious. But they will not walk into my backyard and take the trash can down to the street. I have to do that. If it gets to the street, they've got it covered. They'll take it from there. 
but I have to get it down to the street. God will deal with your life, but you've got to get down to the street. God has done his part, but you have to do your part. You have to set yourself apart so that God can continue to do his part within your life. And it's important that we understand this because so many times we get the attitude that it doesn't matter what I do, it's all about God. God just does everything. I'm, I'm a helpless spectator in this. And that's just not the case. There are religions that believe that way. There are religions where it doesn't really matter what you do. God's going to do what he wants anyway. And so you might make it, you might not. Islam is like that. Buddhism is not linear, it's circular, so that you know things just come back again. So really what you do is going to just happen over and over again. But you see, in Christianity, there is responsibility, there is the freedom, there is the personal aspect of who you are and who God has created you to be that you own and no one else does, not even God. And that's why he says things in Scripture like, choose life that you might live. Or he says things like this, don't let sin reign in your body. Or do not offer those parts of your body to sin. Offer them to God instead. That's your responsibility. When we did the room addition in my house, we used hammers. And hammers can be used for construction or they can be used for destruction. In the hands of my children, they were used for destruction. I'd point them at a wall and say, go for it. And they go, bam, bam, bam. I had a bunch of hammers because it was fun for them. Take out that wall. I want the bigger hammer. No, leave that one alone. <laughs> but then the hammers were also used for the framing. To hit the nail on the head and to put up those things that started building the frame of the room addition and started setting those things up that could be a part of something that was good. You can offer your body to things that are going to be destructive or you can offer your body to things that are going to be constructive. It's up to you. And you see, life rings true of this. You've experienced this. You know this firsthand. We all do. Because we've all done destructive things. We've all done things that we look back and go, that was stupid. And we might try and blame, you know, the wife or the kids or whatever, but ultimately it was my choice. I'm the one who backed into the pole, or I'm the one who, whatever. I'm responsible for the things I do. This is where responsibility becomes something that instead of it choking us and making us afraid, we recognize that, do you know what? You're an ambassador. And God wants to speak through you. If you've died with Christ, guess what? You can live with him. 
then his life can strengthen your frame. Then he can guide you, and now you are a part of a much bigger story, and now your life is connected to the life of God. Jesus died once for all, but he lives unto God. Now we can live unto God because we have dealt with this. We have been justified by God. It's time to now take the responsibility and move forward to what he wants us to be. Jesus said something just mind-blowing. He said, be perfect as God is perfect. Does that scare anyone besides me? Does that mean, whoa, I've got some to do. Sorry about that. How can I be perfect, God? That's the sanctification process. That's what God is working within us. I love, there's a quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, God will help us to be perfect, but he will not help us to be anything less. In other words, he's not going to say, ah, that's good enough. You can't get any better than that anyway. He doesn't stop. He says, no, no, come on, let's go, let's go. Keep going, keep going. And when we think, I can't do this, I can't be that, God sees us already there. And so again, I ask the question, how do you see your life? Do you see it as God sees you? Or do you just see the situation that you're in and you don't see that God is at work within your life trying to accomplish something, trying to get you to be his ambassador, trying to get you to be someone who is able to represent him? And once you start doing those things, you find that you start living that life and becoming the person that you have been created to be. It's your job. It's your goal. You need to now sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart. One of my favorite scriptures... Oh, If we will do our part, God says that sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. God will do his part. And so if we offer ourselves to God, if we don't allow our bodies and our lives to be used for unrighteousness but start using them for righteousness, then God is going to do his part and says that sin is not going to be our master. I know for some of us that seems too good to be true. But you see, God is not going to stop until that is true. That's the wonderful thing about God, is that he doesn't give up. And he is working in you until that is accomplished, until sin is not your master. Now that's going to take your whole life. But that's part of this journey. That's part of what we are, are moving forward in. We are not under the law, but have faith in what Jesus has done. We have faith in him 
God is doing this work. He is making us in to his people. We are becoming the righteousness of God. The word become is an action that is taking place. Just like a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. When you get married, you're not automatically, oh boy, we've got it all together. You have to live your lives and grow and become one. Well, we are becoming the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, I love this scripture. It says, consecrate yourself. That means sanctify yourselves. Set yourself apart, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you will, if you will set your life apart for God, that he will do amazing things among you? Do you believe that God is doing something more than you are able to do yourself if you will just set yourself apart? If you will do your part, he will take out the trash. I need the trash taken out. Where am I going to put it if he doesn't take it away? In the garage, the closet, just a matter of time before you know where it's at. Set yourself apart. Get yourself down to the street and God will do the rest. I didn't even move. <laughs> I, I was like frozen in it. If we would get our eyes onto the bigger picture of what God is doing on our lives, I believe it can not only set us free, but it can accomplish great things, that the Lord does desire to do amazing things among us, that he has set us apart for a purpose, that our lives could touch other people's lives so that we can have an effect. You see, you were set apart for a purpose. You had to respond, and then now that you've responded, there is a part that you play, a role that you play in this. On your bulletin, on the back of it, a few of you have the word chosen, just written in pen on the very back of your bulletin. If you have the word chosen, just penned in the back, would you stand up? You didn't win anything. <laughs> and I'm sorry, the rest of you, you weren't chosen. But you see, you've been chosen for a purpose. I want you to take your bulletin and I want you to give it to someone who is not standing up. And once you get that bulletin that says chosen in it, I want you to stand up and remain standing. And I want you to just keep doing it. Hand it to someone who's not standing up. And once you get one that says chosen, I want you to stand up. Okay, we'll make this move quickly so it's not awkward. And then give it to someone who's not standing up. And then give it to someone who's not standing up. Quickly now, people. Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> give it to someone else. Keep standing. Give that bulletin to someone. 
Keep giving it. Well, maybe that's enough. The rest of you just aren't chosen. We'll just... (laughs) We'll live and you guys just won't be chosen. That's just how it is. You see someone who's not standing up, give them the bulletin. I know you're saying, I want this bulletin. It's special. We'll write another word on there for you. Give, give it to someone who's not standing up. Once you get the bulletin, you've got to stand up. Once you get it. Okay, is everyone standing up? Maybe we should just leave one person not standing up. You see... This is what it looks like to live a life that is set apart for God, that gives of itself to others, that surrenders and offers the members to righteousness. It affects the lives of those around us. And so even though there were only 10 who had this bulletin, in a short time, everyone now is chosen because someone gave to you what they received. God has given to you a gift. It's meant to be given away. It's meant to be lived. And if you will set yourself apart for God, He will change the world around you. Go ahead, you may be seated. I was trying to think of how I could get this point of cross of how important your role is in this picture, in this plan of God. How God is not up in the sky just doing things in a a puppet master working strings. He touches the hearts of people, changes the hearts of people, justifies them, and then works in their life, sanctifies them so that they can be his ambassadors, they can be his spokespeople, They can be his representatives. And that's what you and I are called to do. And as we give our lives away, we affect those around us and have an impact in the world around us. Listen to this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, Let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat Him. Listen to this verse. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days... Ten men from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. If ten people can see you, and just like the Lord used the nation of Israel to bring the other nations to him. God wants to use you. The ten people might take a firm hold of your robe and say, let us go with you because we have heard that God 
is with you. How are they going to hear if God is with you unless you do your part, offer yourselves to God, surrender your life to Him, be an example, be exposed, allow that sanctification process to take place within your life. And then you will affect the lives of those around you. And people will see you and say, I want to go with you. I want to follow after you because I've heard God is with you. I hope that would be our desire and our prayer. Let's pray. Father, we do ask that you would continue the work that you have begun in us. That we would see our role in this sanctification process, that we would believe in you and allow the things that you have done to be a part of our lives, that we would recognize that even as you died for sin once for all, that the life you live, you live to God, and in the same way, we can count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in you. And that we would not let sin reign in our bodies. That we would not offer ourselves in instruments of wickedness, but instead we would offer ourselves to you. Offer our bodies as instruments of righteousness so that sin would not be our master that it would not reign over us because you have set us free. You have justified us and now you are setting us apart for your purpose. God, may we take the trash down and allow you to take it out of our lives. I pray that you would show us what we need to do to walk closer with you. You've already made us at peace with you if we identify with what Jesus has done. If we're at peace with you, help us to move forward and start living a life that shares that peace with others, that people might come to us and say, I want to go where you go because I've heard God is with you. May they see that you are indeed with us, Lord. May our lives reflect you. We ask it in your son Jesus' name.